Pelican fans, welcome back. It's Zach Miller and Peter Hale. It's the Midtown Madness podcast. Before we get going, again, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button down below, as well as that bell to get notified every time an episode drops. Uh, you guys know the drill. This episode and the whole season of the Midtown Madness podcast is brought to you by Two Men in a Garden. Whether you like it mild or hot, chunky or cantina style, the people over at Two Men have you covered. Pete, I got to say this weekend, I made a decision that I haven't made in a long time, mostly. And I got to say, I don't often get salsa at the grocery store. Why? Not because it it be well, it's because two men in a garden is so damn good that I can't be trusted not to eat the entire jar in a single sitting. (laughs) But I did it for the games on Saturday, including the St. Louis City game. And that medium salsa with a few pulses in the food processor was picture perfect. It tasted unbelievable. Go get yourself some two men in a garden salsa tomorrow, tonight, whenever. It's great all the time. Uh, You can go get it at any local grocery store. If you're out of town, check out their website at twomeninagarden.com. Uh, they're on social media at Two Men Salsa on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Pete, I need to confess something to the loyal listeners as well. Uh, another thing, and this is my second confession of the episode. Uh, I need to apologize as well. Uh, in all honesty, I had this grand plan for this episode to pull audio clips from the Ford Travis Ford introductory press conference uh, with. Costello and May talking about expectations for the basketball program. Um, but I honestly got nauseous four minutes and 36 seconds in. So I scrapped the idea. <laughs> was there anything specific that, uh, that, that, that really made you uncomfortable? It was, I just, uh, it was, I mean, I think I told you the amount of times May said uh, made this happen was was funny Mm. to me he said i mean you could have turned it into a drinking game uh and and i don't know pastello just it was something like i just felt like he's not like why are you putting him in front of the mic to say anything about basketball like i just don't get like like i get the like he's a rah-rah guy for basketball right he's he's a lunatic right he doesn't necessarily know the game but he's got school spirit sure like which is great like great like but like, don't put him in front of the mic to talk about program expectations. Cause he doesn't, I don't think he knows what he's saying. Um, does he like, it was just like, uh, you know, Oh, it was something about Pastello. The first thing he wanted to do after he took the job was come over and look at Chaffetz. Like, right. okay. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just built. Of course it's the newest damn building on campus. Yeah. Right. right. The fun part of the tour. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's what, what's really got my, the bug up my ass is, is the, the, the PR. I mean, I'll, I would venture to say it's just been a debacle. Um, and the way that the administration's talking to fans um, through the media, it's just, it, it's, I don't get where their heads at. I mean, is this really their expectations? And uh, 
it's, I don't know. What do you see as far? I mean, you've been out of town. So, and we're going to get into the Stu Durando article. And like you mm-hmm. said, you've been out of town. So we're going to, I'm going to do a cold listen with you, a cold reaction from you. Yeah. Um, I'm looking but, forward to that. I mean, what the initial, the, the first couple that earlier this week, I mean, what was your thought process when kind of, I don't know what do you, when you hear uh, kind of dis, dismissing the expectations that you've heard set seven years ago. It's always funny to me, right? When you see like a, a player who announces I'm staying at this school, right? In the age of the transfer portal, we now see people getting graphics and putting out statements and announcements to say no announcement basically. And it's funny when you're when you're, now you're talking about a coach and the line the company line is we're sticking with our coach right like they they you don't say something like that if things are going well there's a very loud and growing sense of unrest among the fan base um that it kind of feels like people have lost patience we've talked a lot in recent weeks about people claiming they're not going to renew their season tickets Um, A lot of people are just kind of fed up and this season, the expectations were high and, and, and were not met. And there are all kinds of rumors that have yet to be substantiated about all (laughs) of the sort of backroom dealings that's going on right now. And um, Uh, did you ever think succession and and Billiken basketball would kind of kind of feel just like an episode of it so when i watch uh if i'm able to watch succession tonight maybe tomorrow um i wonder if i'm going to start blending the two narratives together if it's really going to start confusing me uh but but no i mean it is so so it's um it's it's clear that they feel the need to respond to what is now a a, an an undeniable you know like they, they can't just ignore it right like there's enough of a swell of people who are upset of a fan outcry to say, you know, who they're saying you got to do something. Um, not everybody agrees on what that is and how it should be done, but, but they, they clearly see the need to respond. And from what I've seen early on and not having read the stew article yet, which we'll get to in a minute, from what I've seen early on, it just ha- hasn't been handled very well. And there, there's something that's a little condescending in the age of, such intense fandom and social media and 24 seven awareness of what's going on in your program. There's just something a little, I I don't know if it's condescending. I don't know if it's, it's, it's naive or a I bit know ignorant. better than you. Well, yeah. Or that they, they just assume that, yeah, right. Like that. We or, just don't or, know what we're talking uh, about. All right. Here, here's an example, right? Um, the St. Louis ambush, right. And we're in a mm-hmm. city church. So soccer uh, on the brain. The St. Louis ambush, the way they operate social media, they almost almost you would never think they played a road game ever, mm. ever. Unless fan like they don't advertise that they're playing a game. They barely tweet the score. But like home right. games, all of it, all of it. Like, so like they try their best to, you know it's they ignore the losses they it's it's kind of that that kind of vibe is what i'm getting it's like you're you draw a fine line between being a a sports twitter account and a birthday account right right sure like at some point like you 
the 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 janitor at Chaffetz doesn't need a birthday shout out, right? right. Uh, um, I mean, it's nice, but like it just doesn't need to be done. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just kind of uh, you know saying that you don't know what's going on. We know what's going on. It, you know, you're not seeing what you're seeing. It's that, but it's, you know, look, they, they do have the advantage of the fact that at a private school, these contracts are not necessarily public information unless somebody decides to share them. And so there, there's not even consensus among the fan base about what the, the contract is for Travis Ford right now. There are, my best guess at it was based on a tweet that we saw back in 2021 that said he had signed a lucrative extension. So I thought, well, he's probably got three years left after this one and so, we know he's making close to two and a half million. So that that those were the numbers that I was kind of crunching. There have been other places where, you know, and this has, you know, been shared publicly among people just speculating, but there have been other places where people think that he's got a an evergreen contract that auto renews every season unless it's canceled by one of the parties. But then that would have a long tail on it, right? So um, so 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 there's there's not full transparency about what the contract actually is. And so, so that's one issue. I mean, I think what's pretty clear by the fact that you've got the athletic director and president and other people coming forward and saying, look, he's the coach. This is what we're, we're doing. I mean, maybe not saying it in those words are the best way, but what's clear is there's probably a lot of contract years and or dollars left to buy out. And they're just not in a place where they can do that or are going to do that um, or the people who could do that aren't stepping up to do that. So um, I'm look, if that, if that's the situation, I'm fine with that, but your messaging has to be better. Yes. It can't be, this is, you know, like the, the meme of the dog sitting mm -hmm. in a fire, this is fine. Like it, it, it can't be that it has to be. You look down at what Mizzou women's basketball did. Oh, you haven't fun. seen it. You've been out. Uh, basically, <laughs> Women's basketball moving forward with head coach, clear expectations have been, you know, I it's see. made clear these are the expectations of the program, which again have been uh, since the hiring of Travis Ford. Um, it seems as though it's been NCAA tournament, NCAA tournament, A10 championships. Um, right. I, I, when you say a 10 championships, I say a 10 regular season championships. Sure. I don't give a flying shit about the, the a 10 tournament. Like that's not success. Winning the a 10 tournament's not a success. If you don't, you know, if you're not already in the NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is your, it, it is your ticket it is your path. If, if you've Correct. underperformed in the regular season, right. But oh, I, mean, I would we, gladly we, we take wanna, it. We want to be talking about a seed yes. um, and not um, whether or not we have a shot to win the conference tournament and get in, you know, that's, that's the conversation we want to be having every year. We finished in the top four, a decent amount under him, but only fourth, like we've never come in higher than fourth. And finishing under fourth to me is is for SLU not good in, in the A10. I do mean, you look, consider this season a fourth place finish? Yes. Because there I was do. a there there's yes. the there, yes, okay. I, I look, I people can say oh tiebreakers, whatever. I mean, the rules are the rules, right? Like all yes. you had to do was win this one, in Vietnam. You win one more game and you're in second place. So so I don't want to hear people who are like, Well, we tied for a second. It's like, nope, we were fourth in the conference tournament, which meant we have we had to play 
uh, VCU yeah. in the semifinals. And um, that wouldn't have been the case on the other side. We would have played Dayton or Fordham if in, in third or second. But so, so yeah, the people that, that you know, I, what I care about is like, where did we actually finish, right? Like, had we beat Dayton or Fordham, not even both, um, we could have been second but we didn't, you know, we lost to the teams that were first, second and third. So yeah, we're the fourth place team, even though our record's technically the same on paper. Um, the tiebreakers matter. They, they, they actually have a, a purpose, a function that can't be ignored. So yeah, I, I don't disagree that it was disappointing and, and the messaging so far from what I've seen, and I haven't seen everything yet, uh, but it, the early returns to me have not been strong. It's interesting because you talked about the the unrest and how, you know, the succession, backroom dealings, that kind of stuff. Uh, and it feels like it all kicked off because Travis decided he needed to go on air before the A-10 tournament and and, and enthusiastically back, back Travis Ford for years. I, like, at this point, Chris, I'm not Chris even, May did. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Chris May went. Yeah, right, right, I apologize. Right. Um, Chris may went like, it feels like Chris may made this whole, like that kicked it off. Like, dude, just, just Travis Ford's our coach going into next season. We we haven't had the results works. We're, we're looking forward to the a 10 tournament and the Mm -hmm. prospect of winning the a 10 tournament. Travis Ford is our coach going into 22 or 23, 24. Yeah. Bang. Done. Yeah. I know. That's I it. think the the and, and you and again, like I've said, sorry, like I've said on in many other forums, um, like you would have had groans from those who are ready for a change. You would have had eye rolls from those who are ready for a change. And that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Clearly, everybody knows Travis Ford has time on his deal. Everybody does. Everybody knows that the buyout's an issue. You can get, like you said, you can get away with silently blaming the buyout. You're, you're you just acknowledge that word that fans are not happy. Just do it. Like it's not, it's not a, admitting failure. It's admitting that we didn't succeed in the way we expected to this season. We're looking to make the a 10 tournament a success. We're looking to make next year a success with Travis Ford. Um, right. That's all you had to do, but instead you, uh, uh, look again, I'm not arguing whether or not you, you should fire him this season. I, I really don't care at this point. Like we're in, we're at the end of March. So like, I don't care, but mm-hmm. like, don't talk to us. Like we're not seeing what we're seeing. Um, yeah. I mean, I, when he, when you say a very long time, instead of next season that's that's a big difference that's a big difference i'm gonna be dating this girl for a very long time like that like (laughs) that sounds like many years to me i don't know but also i mean you know that that's a point where chris may can go um where where he can go look like like you said this season was a bit of a disappointment we're looking forward to the, the a10 tournament coming up this weekend we think we've got a really good shot we we like where we are uh, like how we're playing lately, blah, blah, blah. But moving forward, we also want to look at all of the other reasons why maybe this season didn't meet expectations. And what are the things that we can do as an athletic department mm-hmm. to make sure um, that this program has all of the resources it needs to be competitive, blah, blah, blah. 
some kind of company line like that, you're not yes. committing to anything publicly, yes. except we're really taking a hard look at this. Like you, you, we're, we're showing that we care. We're doing all we can. But the unsaid thing right there, the thing he can't say, the thing a couple of weeks ago, I said that like, if he were totally honest, he could say is like, we can't pay this <laughs> buyout plus another high level coach. Yeah. People. Like that's just not how it is. So, but if you say things like we're talking, like we were talking about, you, you've at least signaled like, we get it. You know, we know we're, 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 we're going to do all that we can. And if it doesn't work out, we know how this goes, you know? That's the unsaid part that you can make more obvious by saying things other than we love the trajectory of the program and we think Travis is going to be the coach for a very long time. And I think his other line in there was we're attracting the high level talent that it takes to be competitive at this level or something like that, um, which, you know, didn't, I'm eye rolling. didn't bear out this season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get into this article. Uh, like I said, I am going to, uh, well, if I can get this to actually work properly, um, I'm going to unhide all of this. Um, so here we go. All right. First quote this from May. Uh, it didn't go well as we hoped talking about the season. May said, now, how do you move forward and put the pieces together? Okay. All right. Great. Fair enough. Yes. Yes. And I, I think my comment in the notes was, okay, great. There you go, Chris. Yeah. There you go. You're getting this thing. Right. Um, next quote, uh, Pastello. Certainly there was a lot of hype about how strong we were and we didn't do as well as we would have hoped. Pastello said, but it was not a bad season. We had some unfortunate things happen. Nonetheless, Travis is our coach. I have confidence in Travis moving forward. I support that we're not going to make a change. Hmm. That yeah, that's that's one where he probably went on a little too long there. It feels like, yes. um, and and kind of softened it a little bit. I think hey. May starting out and saying we get it, you know, it's like an acknowledgement. You know, we get it. Hey. It's 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 Domino's coming out with a new pizza recipe and saying, "Hey, our pizza was terrible, but now it's better." Yeah, it's <laughs> new Coke. It's an acknowledgement. Uh, I just, I, uh, my comment was no, no, this is not it. Like, uh, yeah. Did we yeah. have like, unfortunate things happen is losing Javante Perkins for mm. the year last year. Uh, unfortunate things happen. Right. That's right. That's right. Fred Thatch going down with an injury. However, however, that's post the worst loss of the season. Right. Actually, yeah. I I I don't know. Would you consider Fordham or SIUE worse? I don't know. I mean, um, I, I on SIUE is the worst yes. loss. I mean, to the worst team um, you know, that we lost to this season, yeah. and, uh, and it was an eighteen point lead at home. But uh, but yeah, you know, regardless, I, I that yeah that that's that that's way too soft. Um, I, I I just it doesn't sound like there's an acknowledgement of any accountability there. Uh, this one is interesting because he says some good things here, but I question, you know, the last two, three sentences, maybe uh, this is may again, you're always making adjustments and tweaks may said it's about how you keep growing and positioning yourself. 
Now we've won 20 games four years in a row. Is that the only barometer? No, but it's a barometer. Now, how are you going to win the A-10? Uh, we need to be in the championship game and win. We're not making excuses. Mm. Yeah, okay, so I don't like that second to last line. We need to be in the championship game and win. I mean, like, that's true of the one seed. That's true of the 15 seed if you're in the A-10 this year because it was a one-bid league. Mm-hmm. Um, I SLU was really the only school in the A-10 that gave itself a real and legitimate shot to win, uh, 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 to get an NCAA tournament bid based on its strength of schedule. The problem was they lost too many games. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things Travis said, he, he was kind of mad that he didn't quite get good advice on how the net ranking system worked. And, and our schedule was therefore too hard and, and, and stuff like that. And it's like, well, look, man, if you didn't lose to SIUE, if you had beaten a couple more of the, the Q1 and Q2 team, teams that you had on the schedule, it wouldn't have been a problem. You know, like you, you, can't, you can't lose at home to SIUE. You can't go on the road and lose to UMass. Um, you can't lose to teams by the margin that they did, you know, against like Maryland and, and Iona. Um, the last one against VCU, you you can't do that. That's where the issue was. Had they won a few more games, and I think it really would have only taken three or four more, um, that would have put them very much in the at-large picture. And that that's, to me, what it comes down to. Now, next year, if they give themselves a super soft schedule and we wind up being a one-bid league again, it's like, well, who cares? You know, what was... What, what was the point? You know, you have to, I, I, I've always been a, a believer in scheduling hard. And I think they did that this season. They just didn't win enough. So, yeah. so saying like, we need to win the A-10 championship every year is really like, I mean, that's meaning the me, tournament championship. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the A-10 tournament every year. That, that, that is not at all what I want to see. You know, I don't want to have to go into the conference tournament every year going, I hope we do it. You know, I, at, at least some of the time I want to be, that's what George Mason does we're playing for a seed. We're not playing for a spot. No. Yeah. I, and I said, not terrible. Okay. But yeah. Why is the focus on the tournament? We yeah. need to be winning the regular season crown. This isn't the CAA. That's um, right. Shout out VCU. Uh, Old dominion. Uh, next quote is may again, uh, Travis and his staff have done a good job bringing in talent that can compete. We're in the middle of that right now. May said, we have very high-level players that have interest in coming here. Between the NIL Collective being operational and the O'Loughlin Champion Center, those are pieces that can help put you in position. What's he talking about? Well, I mean, he's trying to zoom out and say, look at all the resources we've got as an athletic <laughs> department and let the program has access to. And that, um, and that I, I, I get what he's doing. I mean, he's, I he's being an athletic director there and, and not, a you know, maybe more of a coach minded answer there. But um, his, his first statement about bringing in talent that can compete, I don't disagree that we have some really talented players, but maybe this roster was not put together the way it should have been. It feel, felt like we had some missing pieces um, this season. Um, and that's something that they need to address going forward. It's, it seems like Ford has really, this was year seven, right? I mean, he's always had this reputation as a guy who brings in talent. If you've got high level talent in the A-10, to me, 
it's very hard to understand why that team is not finishing within the top four every year, no matter what happens. Um, there are a lot of not very good coaches out there who have really talented teams that finish in the top three of their conference. I'm not saying Ford's not a good coach at all, but I'm just saying I, I think he gets credited for bringing in more talent than he's actually bringing in. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see the talent upgraded. Yeah, I mean, again, we had, quote unquote, less talent uh, in 2011 through 2014. I mean, it's I said, so what to this, right? Like, yeah, good. OK, those are all things we have. What don't we have with that results? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you you can't tell me that like the O'Loughlin Champion Center and NIL money are going to finally put us over the top seven years later. You can't tell me that changes enough. Right. Yeah, he's really just reminding us of just how much investment there has been. Yes. And and it's a it, when you're making the tournament one time because of a a, a hot team that won the conference tournament out of seven attempts, um, that is a low ROI for the highest salary for a coach in the A-10 and, you know, world-class facilities and now more facilities coming online and NIL program coming online, the things that you need now to really compete for top talent. Um, we'll see, man. I mean, they're, they're going to go big in the portal this spring and I, and I hope they, they hit, um, because that they have to, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, next is again May, uh, and this one, uh, you're you're not gonna love this one. Uh, the 20 win mark does not have the same significance it once did, but May said it is indicative of a positive trend. Absolutely, yeah, it means something. He said a lot of it is trajectory. Are you going like this up, or like that down? It's a huge difference. <laughs> 20 wins doesn't mean anything for us anymore because we're in the Atlantic 10. That's it correct. means something if you're in the big East or the ACC or the, the sec or something like that, but not in the a 10 this year. I mean, this league was horrible and most teams unlike SLU were not playing a very hard schedule. Um, so if, if you showed me our schedule at the beginning of the season and, and I would have, you know, and I knew we had a good non-conference schedule, but we all thought the league was going to be better than it was. But even before knowing how bad the league was, 20 was, no, 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 no. That's not going to do it. I mean, because you're you're already playing 18 games in this league. Um, and we really only, you know, even when we thought it was a stronger league, there were really only a few other teams that we kind of looked at as as peers. Um, so 20 wins against this league is 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 kind of a disaster. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, no matter how hard your non-conference was, you've still got buy games in there, and then you've still got a ten games that are the equivalent of buy games. I mean, it, it's just no twenty wins. He's right; it doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, I'm. It's good to know there's kind of like a floor, right? I mean, no. Well, feels... Travis, did, or uh, sorry, Chris May didn't say it means nothing. That was, I, I think. Oh, you added that. Oh, no, okay. that was Stu who who like wrote that in the article. I see. I see. So, so it his says, quote. So yeah. Stu says the twenty win mark. Eh, sorry, I should have said in response to the twenty win mark does not have the same significance it once did. I see. Okay, he said. But yeah, 
He said, yeah, it means something. A lot of this trajectory. Are you going up like this or down? Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like the, 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 the point there is that it's not up or down. It's a plateau, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's been right around 20 for four years. Um, that, that's to me, that's the issue. If, if, if four seasons ago was 20 and now it's 25 or 26, that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. Or what, you know, 20 wins in an NIT bid, uh, verse 20, uh, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> I'm so exhausted over this. Like it's, I need to log off and touch grass. I need to take my own advice. <laughs> um, Pete, uh, should Billiken fans be worried? Uh, I, I just, I think on the, the level that like, yeah, the discussion needs to be had. What the hell are the expectations now? Uh, and should Billiken fans go into a season expecting to put a team on the floor that's going to at least compete for an at-large bid? Or have any sort of, uh, you know, uh, goals that are outside of the Atlantic 10? Is the goal to build this program up to the point where we are then attractive to other school or other conferences, right? The Big East. That's that's the one that everybody fucking talks about all the time, right? Like, do, do, do these guys care? Does Chris May want that? Is Chris May's goal that? Does Fred Pastello even know what the Big East is? Yeah, so um, Fred Pastello was at uh, his his previous university was Lemoyne um, up in upstate New York, and when he was there is when in they, they beat Syracuse. You know, D two Lemoyne College beat Syracuse, uh, as which as we all know is a powerhouse in in D one. Um, that's a that's a big deal. I think Syracuse by that point was in the ACC. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they were still in the Big East, but he certainly saw the bump that LeMoyne got in attention from that. Not just a bump. I mean, it was an explosion of attention. He knows the value of an athletic program that is um, achieving, you know, the, the goals at the highest level. I mean, he he he's seen it from that experience. Like, oh, wow, this, this can really mean something. Um, so I think he's got to know that. I, I mean... I don't look, I don't think athletics is his skill set necessarily. He's done a lot of other things. Uh, and, and it's fine, right? Like a lot of people who get to the highest levels of academia aren't necessarily the same people who are super conversant in sports and business that way. That's, that's fine. That's what you have an athletic director for. Um, and I've got to think may or anybody else who knows anything like, yeah, that's the goal. The problem is we've done everything but win. We can offer the Big East an attractive new market, great facilities, um, a, 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 an institution that's very much in line with the other institutions that it has academically, endowment, all of the metrics you want to look at are there. This program has not won. Everybody else in the Big East has won, even if it's DePaul and they haven't won for a long time, or if it's Butler and they're a little bit newer. Butler was making sweet 16 and a late elite eight runs regularly out of the horizon. Um, we've never made a sweet 16 and now we're struggling um, to get above the four line in the a 10. Like to me, it's like, if, if that's our, this is our marquee program. It's, it's, it's like the other biggie schools that don't have football. 
It's our revenue sport like this, but it's, it's just chronically underachieved. So that to me is the one thing that gives me pause that, that makes me believe um, the Big East at this point is still a, a, a reach, a dream. I agree that we're doing everything else that, that a program can do to make itself attractive to the Big East. And, and I salute them for that. I think they're doing a great job with that. I, I just, I don't know what to do when our, when our marquee program cannot win and, and doesn't win when it matters. And that's in March. And I think, you know, you don't have a, uh, you have an administration that seems to just keep putting its foot in its mouth and, and is not providing uh proper or, or not proper, but like reasonable communication to its fans that like, they're, the fans aren't seeing what they want to see. And I, and I don't even think that's at this point, a, a movement as far as the job go, the like, you know, I don't even think it's a, you know, firing Travis. I don't even think the fan base wants that as bad as they just want to be heard, man. Like I know there are people that are, that have been banging the drum to fire Ford for years now. I mean, since he got hired, there's always been somebody that's, kind of been banging that drum but and obviously it has crescendoed in the past season but again like above that fans just don't want to be like like disengaged with like it legit feels like we don't matter coaching in big time college basketball you know, it, w whether you want to call us big time or not, there's always, no matter what, you are going to have detractors immediately mm -hmm. and forever. And you just, it's part of the job and you've got to get used to it. And Travis Ford has- That's why you get paid $2.5 million. That, exactly. He has plenty of reasons that he can he can get over that and he can tune that noise out. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the issue is, you're, I mean, you're right. I, I, I think- Yes, fans want to be heard, but I, I think they just want a clear vision, right? They don't want kind of a soft, squishy, well, he's our guy, you know, for now. He's our, he's our guy for now. Like, like it, it has to be, they just have to be more honest. Like, I, I think it's, it's, it's becoming more true in like politics and every other aspect of life when you're just straight with people mm -hmm. and just say, look, here are our limitations here's what went wrong. Here's what I think we can do to, to make it right. Like, just, just be straight with people. You know, I, I, I get, I just get tired of the, like, you know, rah, rah, vague couple of sentences here and there. And, and, and even, even now may kind of acknowledge, like he, maybe he was a little reckless in his comments before the A-10 tournament. It, it's still, it still has to be clear. Like what, what you plan to do about this, because as we've said repeatedly, fans are very, very restless right now. And if you're going to say Travis Ford's our guy, we have to have a clear vision of, of, of how that, that, that looks moving forward. Because if, speaking of fans not being dumb, we all know we're looking at a completely new roster next year. Mm -hmm. The players who are staying did not play much this season. Um, the players who did play a lot are gone. And we, we just don't know what the roster is going to look like completely because we've got to fill out some spots. But I think a lot of people saw a veteran team that played together for, for years not succeed. And they're wondering, how can a completely new group of guys all of a sudden win? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we want to know what this looks like in, in one, two, three years. 
I think my one question I have for you is what, what is the power? Like I've talked about power dynamics, right. In the mm. athletic department. I mean, you, you've kind of, it's kind of almost seems like, you know, obviously I think, I think Chris may has put himself in a position where he's overpaid and overextended a coach who hasn't performed up to the expectations laid out in his press conference. Um, and I, it's put him in a, he's put himself in a shit position. Uh, but it seems like when he talks, it's almost like he's like afraid that Travis is going to leave like that. It's that we need Travis and not the other way around. And I think it's much more of a, a mutual needing of each other. If that, you know, like Travis needs to rehabilitate his coaching legacy to get back to if he wants to get back or, you know, whatever. And um, the Billikens need a coach that uh, can bring in talent and eventually win games. And I, I really don't think Chris may should have any problem going out there and saying, look, like uh, there need, there are clear expectations going forward. This season was not good enough. Um, and, but Chris may has said, he's gone on record and said there was never any wavering when it comes to Travis Ford as head coach. And, uh, man, I, we talked about the succession style rumors. I mean, do we believe that? It, it, the, the unnamed party here is the boosters, right? right. It's it's it, may is in a funny position because college athletic directors make less than their star coaches, whether it's football or basketball. Um, and that's, that's, Probably I, I don't know what Chris May makes, but I think Travis Ford, it's safe to say, makes more than him. That's a weird dynamic, right? Where where there is there, the person who is the bigger name, the bigger salary, uh, reports up to another person. That's that's weird. Um, so I think probably w- uh, what's not being said in a lot of their statements is, or has to do with the dynamic with boosters and who's funding the program and who's funding everything that they want to do. Who, who does Chris may have to keep happy and who do they like? And it seems like based on those comments, Ford probably has some pretty important allies um, within those, that funding group, right? Um, Who specifically and to what degree and whether, and who's on the same page with the people who support him. I, I don't know enough concrete details about that to say but i think may is always speaking in a way where he knows he has to keep the right people happy or at least not upset the wrong people you know what i mean like like that i think that dynamic is always there in the background and it's not just as easy as yeah i have an employee who makes more than me but he's really not performed up up to snuff there are other people that he's talking to Besides just the rank and file fans, season ticket holders, you know, post-dispatch readers, whoever might be seeing his quotes. Do you think NIL, um, I guess not do you think, because it's obviously, I think it definitely plays a part. How much do you think NIL affects the messaging out of Travis Ford, or not Travis, out of Chris May regarding Travis Ford as head coach? Because, uh, you know, you're right now, like he said, they're in the middle of it with trying yeah. to bring in transfers 
and recruits in NIL. And so I, I can, I can certainly understand a positive spin trying to, again, kind of pull, pull the shade over people's like I can trying to get more money, making sure that fans are actually donating to the NIL. I, I think that is um, that's actually probably the most important thing that we haven't talked about yet it really is continuity is something that recruits and their families want to know <laughs> is mm. there before they commit to a school. And one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing from SLU in the transfer portal this year, the, the people that they're reaching out to, basically all of them have two or more years remaining of eligibility, mostly two or three years. Um, they're recruiting a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Um, not really recruiting college freshmen, sophomores, not, not, yeah, not course, high school yeah, yeah, transfers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear because for my <laughs> dumb, dumb brain for us, if my sure. dumb, dumb brain for half a second, didn't get it, uh, somebody else is going to, you know, <laughs> but yeah, they're, so they're, they're, rep they're recruiting transfers who aren't just, you know, like your Jake Foresters who are one year grad transfer kind of guys. Um, they're, they're looking at a, a longer term on all of the transfers. And those players are going to want to know that he's going to be around. I don't know how much of this noise that recruits would be aware of, because as far as you can, you can tell the way the staff has behaved on the recruiting trail, it's business as usual. Um, and, and they're, they're just out there going to events. They're re visiting recruits in home. Um, they're, they're doing the things that they do in the off season in the, the earliest days of the off season. Everything's been normal on that front. So I don't know. Uh, a recruit would really have to start doing some digging to kind of, you know, uh, to, to, to hear the noise from the fans and, and, and what the, what the future is. So I don't know what those conversations are like and whether Travis and his assistants try and get out in front of that or not um, on the recruiting trail. Like it's, it's a question of whether do I get out in front of it or do I not draw attention to it? I, I, I don't know how they're handling that, but I do think that actually is one of the best arguments for, um, you know, May, Costello, whoever else publicly committing to the head coach so that when players do look it up going, ah, I thought they were going to be better this season. They underperform. Maybe they find a, a tweet or an article or whatever. Um, seeing the university president or the athletic director saying he's our coach at least gives them some, some comfort in that, in that regard. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, I think that's also an opportunity for May to be clearer about that, right? Like he can just, he can just say that, um, like when I said before, like this was a disappointing season, but what can we do as an athletic department? You know, uh, what resources can we give them to succeed moving forward? I think, I think there's more that can be said to kind of, uh, make it clear that that's why you're saying this or one of the reasons why anyway. Yeah, I just, I, you know, it, it's, it's so, it, we could literally go on for hours and I wouldn't mind it, honestly, but I'm sure people that, <laughs> that listen to this, uh, they get tired of hearing it. I think, I think the main thing is like, just be honest with your fan base. Um, uh, don't beat around the bush with us. Like it, you can, what I'm saying is this has been an hour infomercial for the MMP PR service. Uh, <laughs> we're available for hire. Uh, all we need is season tickets to every event. 
Um, and I'll do it in my free time. Uh, no, I think, you know, I, we talked about re- green flags on Twitter and I, I think we might've discussed it, uh, back, uh, in our last episode, you know, when we realized that Travis Ford was indeed going to be the head coach next year and things we wanted to see from him going forward. Uh, one of those being, uh, a return to, uh, team blue style of play that was made, you know, I guess not famous, but made aware by, you know, the Javon Besses, the Hassan French's, the Jordan Goodwins. And uh, we're kind of doing that in the portal. It looks like. We know they visited uh, several players in home um, can confirm two of them so far. Robert Jennings is six, seven, two twenty five pound freshman from Texas tech and CJ Nolan, who's six, two, two thirty bigger than thatch by a decent margin, by the way, big boy, uh, sophomore guard from Oklahoma. So Jennings uh, more of a power forward type, strong athletic above the rim, kind of developing as a shooter, but he's a good rebounder. Um, Texas tech is going through a coaching change right now. And he's also looking for a bigger role. He didn't play much this season, a little under nine minutes a game and put up uh, 2.7 points per game and 1.9 rebounds per game this season. Um, so it's kind of a, 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 a makes sense on paper why he'd be moving on right now. Nolan from Oklahoma, like you, like you said, big boy, tremendous frame, really physical guard, um, started out early. Oh, actually, actually he started early this season. Like he, he, their first eight games, um, he was the starter, but then, um, you know, was, was benched behind another player. Um, after that, he kind of struggled to find his shot this season. Um, but, but he's this player who kind of, he's got really big potential. He's a unique player. And I think he, he's a guy to me who looks like he really needs a change of scenery. You know, when you see somebody's shooting numbers kind of drop off on in their sophomore year and his, his role got, got minimized as the season went on. Um, I think he needs to move on. These are both guys, like you said, the team blue, we think of Goodwin, French, tough, athletic, physical, um, Ford knows how to win with that or free style. shooting. Poor, poor free throw shooting. They're not French bad, but um, but yeah, they're they're kind of like sixty-ish percent free throw shooters, which is, you know, if you're seventy, I'm fine, but sixty is not great. You know, I will say this: look, and and I don't know what exactly Brock Weiss and Zhang are gonna bring to the table mm. uh, as freshmen, but look, like I mean, Brock Weiss is looks college ready, right? Zhang looks polished at a college level right um so look i mean those are both very they 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 bring a lot of skill mm-hmm. uh both brock vice and Zhang. so i think you know it, it, it's a nice yin and yang to uh you know so we've uh, uh jesus I, I didn't even mean to i don't mind yeah i don't mind going younger at the five this season if we've got Dudes, you know, at least not dudes. young, maybe not young for 40 minutes, but if we've got, yeah, a real dude at the four mm-hmm. um, at any given time, which is not something we've had in years. Right. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's something that I'd be, I'd be fine with and getting those guys up to speed, getting them some experience. They each bring something a little bit different. Um, but we also made the top five for a sophomore transfer from central Arkansas, uh, Cameron Hunter. Other four are Mizzou, Arkansas, 
Loyola and Butler. He's a 6'3 guard who averaged um, almost 17 points a game, five rebounds a game, about four assists per game. This Zach is kind of the combo guard we've been looking for for years. It's a tough competition. You know, sometimes guys Where have you transfers, been all our lives? I know. Sometimes guys will kind of put schools that maybe are not their strong, like they're not the top priority for them. They'll put them in their top five, wheel it into existence. Um, in this case, he actually has visited Arkansas. You know, he is talking to Mizzou. Um, those are schools that reach out to a ton of transfers and might not necessarily really want to push for all of them. Um, and then Loyola, obviously within our conference and, and, and Butler is another kind of peer school, or at least we want them to be our peer in the big East. Um, so it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough group to compete with. Um, but he's a really man, would he be a, a him and medley in the backcourt? I would feel pretty good about um because you know one of the things that makes me nervous about medley is not having you know been collins understudy for a year right it's it's more of a, a clean handoff at point guard unless collins comes back which i'm no. not counting on no. but um i i would i would feel a lot better if you if you've got a guy like this um you know who'd be a junior who can really score who can who can pass i think that that completely changes the dynamic in the backcourt. So if we could hit on guys like this, um, you know, I'd I'd feel a lot better um, coming into next season with uh, with with a new a really new roster. You know, uh, one thing I kind of want to bring up is, and I meant to, it's it fits somewhere in between recruiting and transfers and and our discussion of the way things have been handled, but you know. I think there are a lot of transfers and a lot of players that really don't. I mean, I, I think the coaching, the coaches job security isn't really high on their list. Uh, I mean, everybody thinks they're going to be the program changing player, right? They're the guy that's going to come in and, and, and take this team over the top. So again, you know, some players you know relish the idea that you know fans are looking for that dude and they want to be that dude so it's not all bad like it, being negative about the the coaching situation and and the trajectory of the program uh, dudes come in and have chips on their shoulder like that's a, that's the kind of dude i want on a billiken team like that's what that asshole gates did to the west he he did well with the uh with the uh the A10 and CAA All-Stars or the Horizon League All-Stars <laughs> like he literally played mid-major All-Stars and and won decently in the in the SEC. Yeah, I I think um there might be something to that. It uh you're you're right. I mean everybody enters with a little bit of an ego thinking like yeah, I can be that player. I I can be the difference maker. I'm the guy. Um, it, I think there's also something to be said for being needed, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's part of it too. There's the, the one thing that gives me pause is, is the NCAA did come out and say that they're going to kind of clamp down again on um, people who transfer more than once. Like they, they've, you know, they've ripped down a lot of the barriers for, for transfers, but now you're seeing guys transfer two, three, four times and they, they want to clamp down on that. The guys who are just bouncing every year. So I think if if they are enforcing that and guys are looking at transfers as a one-time event, maybe a little more so than they have been the last two or three years, 
Um, maybe that will give them a little more pause to be like, hey, if I'm a freshman or sophomore looking for somewhere for the next two or three years, uh, I need to make it the right choice this time. You know, maybe the first place didn't work out for whatever reason, um, but the second one has to. So I, I think that that that's the one sort of counterpoint to that. There's at least something to be aware of, whether that is going to be something that the NCAA enforces or if it plays out like that in players' minds, I don't know, but it's at least something to be to note. Uh, on the high school recruiting side, let's let's be a couple of grown men talking about a seventeen-year-old. Uh, Nick Nicholas Cody, a twenty twenty-four, creep, six-eight, high school <laughs> junior, I guess, uh, a six-eight forward from Newman oh, Smith High man. School in Carrollton, Texas. He plays for the Southern Assault AAU program, which is one that Forte is really tight with. Um, long-standing relationships with that program. We've we've offered a lot of guys out of there. We've been in the top five for a few. I don't think we've hit on one yet. Uh, but he's a long, hardworking big man. He's productive at both ends. He looks bigger than six eight, by the way. Um, in the in the video I've seen, um, he's got a seven two wingspan. He he blocks a ton of shots, not just because of his length, but he's got he's good good timing, good rebounder. And he can also kind of step out and shoot it a bit from mid-range and beyond, but he's really tough around the rim. Uh, the other thing I really like about his game is for being a, a, a big guy like that and young, he's he's comfortable with the ball in his hands. He can handle it in the open court. He can pass. Um, he's not afraid to, to, to take it himself. He does have other offers right now from Cal, Tulsa, North Texas, uh, Texas Arlington, and Sam Houston State. So Slew's number six. And uh, the fun fact that you found out, uh, Zach, his uh, his dad played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, he played for the Steelers and the Lions. Uh, he also okay. played college football at Baylor. Uh, attended ne- Colburn High School in Colburn, Texas. Nakia Cody. I don't know how Nakia. to say his first name. Nakia. Yeah, no, it's okay. not. It's not Nokia, but you know. One letter off. That does remind me of how uh, jealous I was of all the cool kids with Nokia phones. Back in the day, because I had Verizon and it wasn't on, uh, they didn't have the Nokia phones. I was on Motorola or whatever. I don't know. Screw it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, we There's some big A-10 coaching news uh, to come out of Fairfax, Virginia, Pete. Yeah, huge. Um, Tim English is out at George Mason. I say that like he got fired, but no, he left. Um, he he lobbied hard for the Providence job that Ed Cooley left, and he got it. Um, what do you think of this, Zach? I mean, this is I'm uh... gonna I'm gonna sign up for his like self help class. <laughs> I need I need to learn from you, Kimmy. Teach he, me the ways. You you guys are about of... the same age, right? Yes. I mean, you know. Oh, I hate my life. <laughs> oh, I'm disgusted with myself, Peter. Well, I mean, I, hey, I'm, look, I, I'm glad I live on the first floor. <laughs> that's that's too dark, too dark <laughs> for our chef. Sorry. Um, um, yeah. Look, I mean, he's he's kind of the um, uh, BJ Novak in the office. I, I'm forgetting his uh, his character's yes, name. Yes, it's um, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan with his with his uh, his MBA and his meteoric rise. And uh, and then fall from grace. English has not had his fall yet, but like two seasons at Mason, no tournament appearance. Um, I, you know, he seems like a bit of a culture guy. He's young. He's energetic. He's going to have all of the superlatives that come with being such a young coach. 
but um, this is this is a big job of a six year contract, and uh, I'm assuming a lot of money. I don't think they're going to pay him quite what they paid Cooley, but Cooley was a top fifteen um, coach in the country, I think, in terms of salary. So, it, it, you it, know, it feels like all the big coaches are hyping Kim Coyne to the moon. <laughs> that was your analogy that he's the yeah. uh, the the the. The cryptocurrency of college coaches. Uh, Tremaine Isabel did not take well to that. He did he not like, like that. that. He didn't like that. He didn't. Which is fine. Like, I'm not saying that, like, yeah, Kim English has done some good things. Uh, I mean. But it's true that he is a purely speculative hire, yeah. right? I mean, like, we, I guess we've seen. I don't know if you want to compare them to any of like the, the, the soccer or, or other coaches hired at SLU who were kind of young and on the come up and, and um, you can't may... compare them. I don't think you can compare them to field hockey because we just hire someone who will take that job. Uh, I'm not blaming May for that. That's fine. Um, it's what it is, but uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it would be probably, Similar to uh cat, what was her name? Um before Shields. Um, oh yeah, I'm forgetting. I can't think of her name, but I mean Shields, I don't know. Shields was here already. He saw her up close. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I think like Josh Passner. Passner to me is like the ultimate um young man in a hurry who somehow was everyone decided he was this genius. He's gotten great jobs. Spolstra, and Spolstra. and not well. Spolstra, the difference is he wins. I mean, yeah. he's he's actually proven it now. Um, you know, so so anyway, this is a very fast uh, rise to a Big East job. And look, six years is a lot. Um, I don't know how patient Providence fans are going to be with him. We'll find out. They loved, loved, loved Cooley, and so did so did other Big East fans. Um, you know, my wife, Xavier fan, she and her family, they love Cooley. Everybody loves him. He's such Why a character. Is, like, what's up with him? He's just like, he's a funny guy. He's, he's very, um, he's self-deprecating. Spoon hour. Um, he does have some of the, yeah, there's like, he just has like an easy charm about him. He's a charismatic guy. Um, he, 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 he's always known how to kind of work the, the media and fans and yeah, he's a very likable guy until, you realize like he's probably been <laughs> lined up for this Georgetown job for way longer than, uh, you know, either he or Georgetown wants to admit publicly based on uh, the real estate listing that was ready, ready to go right after Ewing was fired. Um, and the real estate listing that had snow that had not been on the ground for weeks, um, things like that, that, that people are like, this was clearly in the works for a long time. I can tell you Providence fans are furious. Like they're really, really mad. They felt like the the it was like they thought they were married, and then he just left with the dog. He already had another family. Holy shit! I mean, it, it's <laughs> it, 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 it's that kind of. Uh, That's that, unbelievable. So yeah, so probably so English. What I'm saying is English is walking into a a a powder keg of. Uh, uh, of a situation. So I think Providence, one of the things they wanted to do was get a guy who knew how to talk to fans and, um, and relate to people and, and be good on the mic and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and maybe somebody that can kind of calm them down and that they can get behind in pretty short order. I, I, I can't English. 
has that skill set. The question is, does he have the skill set that translates into winning games in the Big East? Cooley had a patchwork roster of transfers this season. I have to imagine it's going to be a much different roster this coming season. And, uh, you know, the, the winning in the Big East is a lot different than finishing in the middle of the A-10 two times. I've got two guys that are good on the mic and have basketball backgrounds they can think about that may sing. You go with uh, you go with Kane or Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Kane have – which one of them played at, like, Truman? One of them played at Truman. I, I, think. I think Kane, yeah. Yeah, Kane did play at Truman. Um, yeah, yeah. What's his real um is this official like official official or is this like west pine bills texting us official um so uh, this is uh, it's being reported by jeff goodman it's being reported by stadium um it's okay then yeah i'll read it i'll read it if if it's on the teleprompter zach miller will read it um mike rhodes is piecing out from vcu for the penn state job He's headed to Happy Valley. Yeah, it's so it's still, you know, it's still being reported um, by everybody, but it's all over the media right now. um, And it hasn't been made official by either Rhodes or Penn State yet. But I think we can kind of, I don't know, there's enough smoke here where where I'm comfortable talking about this one too, Zach. And this is, this is to me, this is bigger news for the A-10 than than Kim English leaving, right? I mean, oh, God, yes. George Mason has not really done much since entering this league in any sport. And that did not change in English's two seasons. Um, no matter, no matter how much excitement they had around him. Uh, but Rhodes won the, won the league this year when Dayton and SLU were supposed to. And, and VCU has probably been the most consistently very good program in the league um, since they've honestly, since they've entered. And they've got another opportunity here. I mean, they need to get the the hire right again. They've been pretty successful with their hires so far. And it's going to be, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do here um, to replace him. As for Penn State, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, the the Big Ten is a, it's a a big bloated overstuffed league. And Penn State has traditionally been pretty close to the bottom, uh, the bottom of it. So. We'll see, but yeah, it's it's not, um, not official official yet. But anyway, that's that's the news. Pete, you know who's never gonna leave us for a better job? Two men in a garden. That's who. <laughs> that's that's right, Zach. Well, we've, we've got a good a good thing going. Um, uh, they don't have a secret family in D.C. or anything that. Uh, that that they they've lined up uh, ahead of time that we know of, but uh, but yeah, I actually just finished um, my second to last jar, and I'm already starting to think about that next order. Um, I got to say, nothing has gone better with the NCA tournament than than their salsa. It's it's the we've said it a million times. Chips and salsa is the best snack, and if you're watching the tournament, you need a good snack. You got to go with the best one, and you might as well get the the best salsa you can out there get two men in a garden at, uh, at any St. Louis area grocery store or at two men in a garden.com. Uh, we are giving up on, uh, the research question, not the podcast. We're still doing that. Uh, but the research question, we're kicking it to the curb. 
Instead, Pete, for now, for now, someday, someday I will get, I'll remember to start looking at that and I will, but it's, you know, someday when I'm less busy. Speaking of things we've kind of pushed to the side, we, I think next episode should be our what if episode. Wait, no, we got, eh, I don't know. We'll come up with something. We'll figure if, if nothing, if no news drops next week at all. We will do the what if episode on yeah, Billy. We'll, we'll cover a couple of them. It'll we be might, why don't we do a couple like we'll pick two for one episode, pick two in next episode. Well, I don't know. We'll come up with some. We'll we'll work it out behind the scenes, guys. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we did put out a couple of poll questions and we're kind of hearkening. We're definitely hearkening back to the uh, Stu Durando piece. Uh, we're, we're zeroing in on two quotes um, in particular. And that is uh, the this season. Pistello saying the season was not a bad season. Uh, that's the first one, Pete. Uh, what do you think of the results? And does anything kind of surprise you? Uh, so after twelve hours, so the the poll is going to be open another twelve hours. Most of those while people are sleeping. So I don't think this mm-hmm. one's going to turn around. Eighty point three percent yes, nineteen point seven percent no. Uh, so, so about four in five slew fans think that this, based on our, you know, completely scientific poll, yes. by the way, um, that, that this basketball season was a bad season. Yeah. Uh, would you person, which way did you, or would you have voted? I would say, yeah, I would say yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, uh, like there, there, I think there probably are counterpoints but um, sure. yeah, I I, th- I think you got to say this was, and I'm, I'm assuming you're on the same page there. Yes, 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 yes. Um, second question was Chris May uh, was off Chris May's quote that uh, this season, you know, he was seeing an upward trajectory uh, from previous seasons, and I asked, was the 2022-2023 Billiken basketball season an upward trajectory from previous seasons? Uh, Pete, the results on this one were were even more uh, stark. Resounding a ninety eight point three percent no, one point seven percent yes. Um, the so so really the bottom line here is a assuming our poll projects out to some degree within. I don't know what the margin of error would be on this one, but assuming- it, it, the margin of error is whether or not. Dayton fans decided to vote in this poll. <laughs> um, but but assuming this this is a representative sample, what it's saying is that the vast vast majority of the fan base disagrees with his public quotes yes. to the Post Dispatch, and that to me is, is meaningful. Um, this wasn't like a fifty fifty or any anywhere close to it kind of split. And, and I think it says a I, lot. I think the one caveat to this is that our Twitter account attracts the hardest of the core. Sure. Sure. Um, that's that's true. I I it probably does skew less favorable from Chris May's perspective. But um, that's important, I think, right? Because yeah. you're looking at people that are spending ungodly amounts of money on this program and want to watch this program to travel to watch this program you know it's to listen to us talk about the program every week for an hour and a half yeah like 
go touch grass. That's my new favorite phrase. Go touch grass. I love that. I've I, think noticed. So, I think it's so funny. Um, let's move over to a program that has a uh, an actual culture and identity right now. And an upward uh, trajectory. Yes, and absolute upward trajectory. Women's basketball. Uh, Kylie Bess has entered the transfer portal, Pete. I, I you know, I, I was kind of, uh, I think I'm still getting used to the women's basketball, uh, to the women's game in college, uh, you know, skewing more towards the transfer portal. Like mm-hmm. it was never a thing for like the last 25 years, 30 it's years. Weird. It's been weird to get used to. I mean, look, there haven't been a lot of transfers in men's basketball, historically speaking, um, it's, it's obviously gone up as, as time has gone on. Uh, but yeah, we, we haven't seen it as much in the women's game. I mean, I, I think one of the reasons we talked about before was, I think I told you like back when I was a manager at SLU, the, the young players, everybody who came into the program thought they were going to play in the NBA. Um, and I don't think the majority of women's players enter college with, you know, obviously that's the dream if everything breaks right, but it's incredibly hard to make the WNBA there just aren't as many options. So if you're in like, say a four year athletic training program at a school, you can't just pick up and leave and continue that somewhere else that easily. Right. I think a a lot of them are a lot more career minded at a younger stage Mm -hmm. than on the men's side. So I think that's part of it. Um, But I also think, you know, part of it is just, uh, you know, just, just the culture around men's and women's basketball has been different historically too. So it is weird to see. I'm I'm not entirely surprised to see outgoing transfers, even though we are high on 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 the culture that Coach Tillett has built at SLU and and how successful she's been in such a short amount of time. Bess is one of those players that you would have thought would have had a role on a team that did not shoot very well. Um, she's she's a really good shooter. You know, she's kind of a three point specialist. It's it's a shame it didn't work out. It's the second year in a row that um, a three point specialist has left. And, um, and it's going to be interesting to see what we do to kind of replace that. But she just didn't, she wasn't getting the minutes. Her, her minutes really regressed um, from last season, which was the last season under stone. So I'm not entirely surprised to see that. One of the, one of the other factors that we're going to see more women's transfers now is with 15 scholarships instead of 13, like there are for men, that's just more people competing for the same amount of minutes. And um, so they're going to go find them elsewhere. Uh, so obviously, best of luck to her. But do you do you think we're probably going to see some more transfers, Zach? Or do you think uh, she holds on to the rest of the roster as it is? Yeah, I think she'll probably hold on to it. I don't see, like, it didn't... I mean, what, is Bell Tillett going to transfer? And <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought that would have been a funny tweet. And then yeah. I thought it was kind of rude. Like, it was, like, it's funny, but, like, also, like, yeah. I, I doubt that anybody wants to us putting that in the atmosphere. Like I just, sure, I sure. It just it feels yeah. feels dirty in a way. She's also um, a red shirt freshman coming off a you know chronic foot injury. So. Yeah. Speaking of injuries, was Kylie Bess injured at some point? Because why did I feel I, like she? I thought she was earlier this year, but yeah. um, I, but then she she played a few minutes in a game, uh, middle of the season, and I kind of thought, okay, there she is. Um, and I, and I thought maybe we'd see more of her cause at the time I know we were really struggling from, uh, from the three point line, but, uh, but, but no, I, I guess she wasn't uh, maybe as injured as maybe we thought. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking down this roster. Uh, I mean, I, Saval Ghoul, is she come? is she done? 
she's she walked on senior day so okay. um, i mean so i'm I sure think... she's probably anxious to get back to turkey um you know and because she's had so much go on with her right stuff. and get back with her family uh, i think early i was worried about me and a castro um obviously she wasn't getting a lot of minutes early on and then she her role majorly expanded and mm-hmm. kind of fell off at the end there she played a lot against tennessee i think just due to size mm-hmm. um uh, sarah lazar a sophomore didn't get hardly any minutes at yeah but i mean and she, and she did get minutes last year under yeah. um under stone as a freshman and then you wonder about the other freshmen that that um that stone was the one who signed like ashley connor um abby well, liber re- remember that remember that the uh the roster was much like the uh the epidemic of stress fractures in the foot that uh they they had to call on uh, sammy mcleod to play for the women's mm. basketball team like everybody was injured last year too that's that's a good point that's a good so point. uh you know i i i don't want to hold it you know against Tillett for maybe making the wrong decision you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah. she did play she played against siue uh played against baylor ball state air force but only got a m- four minutes max and that was siue so it'll be interesting to see um what happens and and who they bring in i'm interested to see if abby liber uh will will make an impact next year uh ashley connor we didn't see much of it all 511 freshman um yeah there's so many names here that i just didn't i well and, and those two specifically were were both stone signings that um till it retained um so those are two that i i would wonder about they're also from you know Cleveland area, Pittsburgh area, um, not not necessarily nearby. There, there are a lot of different options, you know, closer to home if if they're if they're looking for more minutes. But who knows? I mean, you know, maybe maybe they see their number get called as as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at the, you know, we're gonna have Peyton Kennedy as a senior next year. Bree Johns, her her minutes kind of fell off late. Uh, mm-hmm. she'll be a senior. Um uh, you know, Julia Martinez, I think she's coming back again. Like it was said on the broadcast, but yeah, we'd love to have that confirmed in writing yeah. somewhere. Uh, I need to go uh, rewatch that. McMakin is coming back. Uh, Camry Clegg will be gone. Uh, Kennedy Calhoun will obviously be back. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting. I think there's a lot of that core coming back and, I think the only one that really is going to be a major loss is, is as far as minutes and points and production is, is for flowers. Yeah. It seems like that's, it seems like that's the case for now. Anyway, um, definitely something we'll be keeping a close eye on though, as it uh, evolves this spring. Yeah. Let's uh, let's run down uh baseball real quick. Tough, tough week. For, yeah. For the guys. Uh, you know what? I thought it was kind of cool. I, uh, I tweeted out just offhand, like, and I want to maybe like I kind of want to apologize, but not really. Um, when I tweeted this out, like all I said was "Slew baseball, you're killing me this weekend, right?" Mm-hmm. And I just meant it like, "Oh man, you got like we're just right there, and we just keep, you know, uh, yeah, a seven six extra innings loss uh, or a seven six walk off loss, a four three loss on another walk off." Like I was just like, "Oh man." Like you, you're killing me. Like I certainly wasn't like saying they weren't playing well or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I love that Hendrickson took the time out to see that we tweeted that we didn't even tag them, but right. I, I love that Hendo took the time to, to respond to that. You know, uh, he said, stick with us. Uh, we, we laid it out on the field this weekend against a really tough West coast team. Yep. Uh, so, um, I think Andy Bennis liked that reply too. If I, if I saw that correctly. Uh, yes, for, he did. former, he, former he Cardinal starter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the most famous person that's replied to a tweet? Uh, that's, that's tweeted and added our account. Larry Hughes. Now, Larry, I don't even remember if Larry Hughes. Well, he's, yeah, yeah he definitely responded when we were setting up the interview with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so I guess it is Larry Hughes. So, yeah, but they, I mean, they, those are both guys who played like, you know, over a dozen years in their uh, respective professional leagues. So, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely up there, but, but that was cool to see. And you, and you're right. You know, that was, it was, it was good of him to respond and it wasn't like a dig at the program or anything like that. Just, just some dramatic losses here. The first one, Zach was a two nothing loss in a one-off game, um, to Eastern Illinois on the 22nd. Um, slew could only gather two hits in this one, both against the starter for EIU who went seven innings and it was a staff game for slew. Um, Eastern Illinois got one off Grant Fremion in the fifth. And he wound up taking the loss. Uh, they got one more in the seventh, a sack fly with Caleb Thompson pitching. But this was a for a staff game, for a midweek game, a one-off game. This was pretty, uh, pretty low-scoring, quiet bat kind of affair. Yeah, this one was. Uh, yeah, I mean, like surprisingly, in a staff game, right? Usually, staff games are like fifteen to twelve. It right. takes about five hours, but. Uh, to see a, 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 a week weekday game, uh, you know, I, I mean, to have a EIU starter go seven innings is kind of wild in the middle of the week, but yeah. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, this weekend was, was tough for the bills as, as I said, the whole week was, but it was an 11, four loss at San Jose state on Friday, the 24th. I got to watch most of this one. Uh, Sitzman opened the scoring with a homer. And then the Billiken bats went silent. Uh, that was until the eighth. Jansen doubled to score Swanger and Smith. And then Bergman single scored Jansen. Uh, but that was all the Billikens would get in that one. Uh, seven, six loss at San Jose State. Uh, Cody Jansen was injured in this one, legging out a single. Uh, looked like he hurt his knee. He was having trouble putting weight on it. He would walk about four Ugh. steps. He would walk about four steps and then the knee would kind of, the leg would kind of give out. Uh, it just looked awful. By the way, Cody Jansen kind of scares me. Um, I don't know. I don't want to meet him in a dark alley. Uh, this game, it, it it seemed to be playing out almost identically to game one. Uh, the Billikens were in this one though, able to get to the Spartan bullpen in the final third of the game and tie things up. Uh, the Spartans then, uh, scored the winning run in the 10th on a walk-off single. Uh, a 4-3 loss in the 11th uh, on Sunday. Billiken scored all three runs on a Cameron Swanger three-run bomb in the top of the fourth and held the lead until the bottom of the ninth uh, when San Jose State tied it. And that's when I tweeted out, you're killing me. Because uh, yeah. I was so excited for them to win that game. Yeah. And I painful, was ready. Painful game. Yes. Uh, and of course, they walked it off in the 11th. Chafin was one out away from a complete game shutout. He walked mm. the first batter, then forced a pop-up and struck out a guy, uh, struck a guy out before a single gave SJSU runners at first and third. 
They had a two-run double and then a single to tie it. Um, let off the 11th with a double after an intentional walk, a single end of the game. Uh, Colby Downard pitched the 11th and took the loss. Uh, I will not make a pun on his name. I will not make a pun on his name. Uh, Pete, what's what do they got coming up? Tuesday the 28th at uh, at home against SIUE. And then they've got a weekend series um, at UMass on uh, on March 1st to April 2nd. Uh, softball had a nice week uh, that ended with them sitting in first place in the Atlantic 10 standings. They started off with a 15 to three win at Lindenwood on Wednesday. Slew got one run each of the first, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth innings, and then went off for a 10 run seventh. Uh, this one only took five innings, I believe. Uh, or did they play seven? I don't know. Uh, nine different Billikens crossed the plate. Six different Billikens had multi-hit performances. Abby Mallow uh, led the team with four RBIs and Chloe Ryan led with three runs. Wendling started and went five shutout innings. Uh, Callie Hanner gave up three runs in two innings. I really, I really should have read it all the way to the bottom. Um, yeah, Abby it, it, Ma- it, Abby, it, they scored uh, 10 in the seventh. So okay. that's why, that's why it was so out of Abby control. Mallow has been raking yeah. this week. Uh, Pete, she had a major performance in both of the Billikens wins against George Washington over the weekend. She did. Um, and in an 11, three, five inning game against George Washington in game one on Saturday, the 25th, uh, she got two RBIs on two singles. Chloe Wendling got the win. Um, Zach, your note here, Yabos from Yabos <laughs> from Konecki and Sullivan. That's- Sullivan. Yeah. Um, and then Konecki added to her RBI total with a fielder's choice. So really nice offensive team performance here. And then in game two, Wendling got another win, eight, seven. Um, Jane Konecki had a four hit day. Natalie Sullivan scored three times. Uh, Cami Newbanks and who else? Abby Mallow, both homered in that one uh, to give them the sweep on the day. But Zach, uh, game three, not quite the same story on Sunday, the 26th. Um, Wendling got the loss in this one. GW's first three runners in the seventh walked, reached base on a fielding error, and got hit by a pitch. Then the fourth batter hit a single uh, right through the left side, and that was the tie-breaking run. Slew wasn't able to match in the bottom of the, in- the inning, and that was it, uh, unfortunately. Um, sounds like these games were not available for Slew fans to watch, unfortunately. Yeah, just really disappointing. It seemed like we took a step forward last season, um, you know, streaming every game, our guy Colin Surrey on the call. Uh, it was, I just don't know why these games weren't streamed. I mean, it couldn't have been weather, especially today here in St. Louis. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, you, you, have, you have to, like, I thought it was a rule, honestly. Like the A10 should like require for any sport played on cam- on a, at an on-campus facility that it be streamed a hundred percent. Yeah, with the ESPN Plus and everything, I mean they 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 should say yeah, like at least a certain amount of games have to be available, and there's uh, no reason why these wouldn't be. I mean the money, like they gave us all this money, right? Like, right. For, What's it for? Uh, exactly, and I want like I. I don't know. They, they, we did have somebody reach out about uh, women's softball at Lindenwood being um, not streamed and no live stats. 
Uh, I just want to point out that's not a slew thing. That's Lindenwood. Uh, right. Slew has no control over that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That that was that really upset me. I think I decided though while you were reading about the George Washington results that I'm gonna go watch a video about why softball pitchers can pitch 500 games in a row and it doesn't mm. hurt their arm. Like I know why, but I want to like learn the science because it's just funny to me. Yeah, like Wendling through four games this week. Right. That's. I know it's amazing. (laughs) I mean, they they'll pitch both games in a doubleheader. It's crazy. Oh, it's just like Pete Weber, uh, bowling five games in a day. Right, it's (laughs) underhand. Best athletes in the world. Absolutely. As they said in Who do you think you are? I am. Um uh, men's tennis 7-0 win versus Baker at St. Clair Tennis Club on Saturday, March 25th. Uh, I don't know which Baker College this was. There's Baker College in Michigan. And I'm Baker gonna guess University Baker University in Kansas. I, I yeah, I don't know. That would be if I, you know, I'll go if with I were Baker forced to pick, I, I would say Baker University, but I don't know because it wasn't they didn't link it. And then in the write-up, they just called it Baker. <laughs> Made me wonder if they even knew. It was actually uh Buddy Palastro from uh from Cake Boss. It was actually him. They just played him. Ba- it was oh, a just baker. A baker. The baker. He was oh, just yeah, it was the baker. Just all lowercase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. Have I mentioned that? You uh, have. Yeah. yeah. Fourteen and two is their record now. Uh matching their highest win total since two thousand nine. But it seems like maybe when you're playing Baker a college that may be college or university, the strength of schedule is not quite uh uh tough this year. No, not not too not too much. Um although you know it is weird. The they I feel like tennis could could kind of skew to the same as like baseball where it's everyone's kind of a hired gun. Not really. A, sure. You know, baseball is there, you know, you're going for the team wins, but like you don't have to go to uh, Ole Miss to, to make the, the major leagues. You're again, college tennis is kind of like college soccer in ways too, in that like the best players certainly don't go to college. Yeah. They've uh, already, they're already being tracked and in, yes. in, in, through different systems. Uh, women's tennis dropped a seven zero, this uh, loss to Butler at St. Clair Tennis Club on Sunday, March 26th. Those were swept in singles. We're up 5-3 in number two doubles, but the match went unfinished. Uh, SLU dropped 12-5 and five on the season. Next is Missouri State on Wednesday, March 29th. Pete, talk about the greatest name in the history of track and field. And one that I, I that I stumble over every time too, the rally relays mm-hmm. <laughs> hosted by NC State on March 24th and 25th. Uh, not a team event, just an individual event, but yeah, the rally relays. I love it. His name is Toby Raleigh. Gillen, and he runs fast, Pete. Amazing. Um, it's really I think what we find is anybody who comes on our show then becomes a world class athlete in their respective yeah. sport. Yeah. They go from just, you know, rank and file college player to on their way to the best that ever was. We uh, need to get more Billiken men's basketball play. Actually, we need Travis Ford back on the show to become a world-class coach. Oh, wow. Wow. Are you leaving that in? <laughs> I thought it was funny. 
I thought it was a joke. Uh, yeah, like, I'm it's, kidding. There you, yeah. It's you, all a you, bit, guys. Come on. You are, but the timing of that show. Timing is everything. Timing and uh, an audience. Uh, but why don't you tell us about what Toby Gillen did at the Raleigh Relays? Uh, Toby Gillen won the 5,000 meters, and that is not even like the gist of what he did. Uh, he mm. broke his own school record with a time of 13, 35, 29. It's also the top mark in the NCAA three weeks into the season. And I know it's, it's more than that. I need to look this up. Hold on. I know it's more than that. Well, he, he broke his own school record by like 32 seconds. Right. Which no, is but, like on un, unheard of. Right. Right. But even more unheard of is that like, he also, um, like the record was, it was another record too. Toby Gillen won the 5,000 meters of the Raleigh Relays last night, setting a school and meet record in the process. Meet and his time too. is currently the fastest in the NCAA. Right, right, which is what I said here. Did you? The, the currently the top mark in the NCAA, but it is three weeks into the season. Oh, I thought That's it was all. like the all-time NCAA record. I thought that was the point. No, I think they oh. just mean this season. Wow. No one in, in D1 NCAA or in the NCAA, whatever, has ran faster than that. Oh, okay. I thought it was way more impressive, but still. No, that's still. It, it's huge. I mean, we're yes. always looking for, can we get somebody into the, the you know, the regional and then the the championship yes. meets? Yes. And if, you, if you've got the fastest time uh, partway into the season, you're certainly a candidate for that. So that's, that's amazing stuff from Toby. Um. On the women's side, Pete, Carly Sear set a PR in the 10,000 meters with a time of 35, 46, 45. No team scores, as you mentioned. Uh, Billiken Invitational is on March 31st. Uh, I believe it starts at 1 p.m. So if you have Friday off on the 31st, go check it out. Uh, should be a good event. Pete, uh, any last uh, any last words for... Uh, the uh, Billiken fan that may be down and out on the Billikens in general. Uh, my thing is take up other sports within uh, Billiken athletics. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I agree that there's that. And then there's also, you can always be forward looking if you're following recruiting, right? I mean, you can always think about what's coming next, what's on the horizon. How do we get better? Um, you know, how do we eventually start finishing in the top three in the A-10? Um, and, and, and if you're following recruiting, that's that's one way to uh, to give yourself that kind of hope. Yep. Uh, that wraps up the uh, the dramatic week in Billiken basketball and uh, a, a decent week in Billiken athletics. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Midtown Mad Pod at Peter is a tweeter at Zach Miller MMP and on Instagram at Midtown Mad Pod. Uh, if you have any suggestions, shout them out to us. Uh, subscribe to the show on all platforms. Leave a review. Uh, Pete, no matter what, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.